You have to intentionally decide what you want to invest your time in and what you don't, right? And just having your goal to uh, to tie back to to the original point, if you just have a goal and say, okay, I want to reach it, and I'll do everything to reach that goal, then you might take right decisions, right, in light of achieving a certain goal. But those might not be the decisions that you would have taken if you had focused on designing your life such that you actually want to live your life and not just reach your goal, because those are different things. And I think those get really quickly get mixed up in our minds, right? I think that achieving goals that we set equal living the life we want to live, but that's not true. Again, hi Phil. How are you doing? I'm really great. Thanks, Craig. Good to be here. Yeah, it's it's uh, this is kind of long overdue because I th- I think you 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 booked it in ages ago because not that I'm massively famous or anything, but my podcast listings is booked up for for months. So you booked it ages ago and then you had to put it back. So we we missed out on it, and I was looking forward to it then. So this is probably about a month or two behind when we were meant to chat. No, I think it's it's three months behind actually. I was, uh, yeah, I had to pull. I, I had to pull out on this last minute. So it's sorry about that. Um, we were booked for March, and then I tried to reschedule, and then I saw that your <laughs> schedule is super tight, and you have all of these amazing guests lined up. So, um, but you know, better yeah. late than never. So, yeah, awesome to talk. Yeah, it's, I mean, I don't know where to start with you, Phil, because. I, I think it's fine. <laughs> I think I first discovered you on probably Instagram and then mm. by some kind of weird serendipity I saw that you was in the visualized value community very mm-hmm. very early on when we were all in there and it was it was really cool in Slack. And then we've kind of followed each other around the internet almost and I, I noticed that you, you've got quite a big following on Instagram. And I was always quite curious to look at that because my stuff tanks on Instagram, to be perfectly honest. So I was curious to see that. And then I noticed recently mm-hmm. you're starting to get a little bit back into Twitter too. Uh, you are criminally underfollowed on Twitter, by the way. Um, and then you've just started the Mind Vault thing, uh, which is also really cool. So you're a little bit, li- little bit like me that you've got all these threads going on uh kind of pulling out all these things and obviously you've got a day job too so yeah i, I do I, I don't know if that really explains you very well but yeah wh- wh- where do we start with that why why the side hustles and why the work hustle as well yeah. um yeah well first of all thank you for the criminally underfollowed uh compliments <laughs> i take that as a huge compliment yeah well i mean honestly um for me, you know, tinkering with just different formats and, and ideas and, and having side projects and just trying to express myself creatively, although I'm, you know, I at least uh, historically haven't been the most creative person. I've never seen myself as the most creative person. Um, that's just important to me. And why the side hustles? Well, um, there is a lot going on to be to be super honest there's a lot going on in my mind and there are a lot of ideas that i want to share with people and um i am trying to figure out what formats and ways of communication and channels are that i can use both um for reasons of effectiveness right so that they reach people so ideas reach people and somewhat at scale but also that are fun, right? That I enjoy because I'm a big believer in, you know, process over goal achievement. And, you know, there are a lot of these kind of, you know, pseudo wisdoms, like the, the journey is, you know, the destination or something like that. But (laughs) at the end of the day, you know, I think, um, and I, and I've, I've only come to understand this, uh, you know, a couple, couple of years ago, uh, at least for myself. Right. Um, and I, I still don't know if it's true for everyone, but at least for me, 
I, I realize that my life becomes better if I have more experiences throughout, you know, the day, the week, the month, the year, where, you know, I'm, I'm fully intellectually engaged, where I'm, my curiosity is where I can cultivate my curiosity, where I can express myself and just having these experiences, right. Um, and these phases of, of immersion into, into ideas. And, um, I truly believe that, you know, good things will come out of it, right? And even if there are now like a couple of threads and some of them are semi-loose threads, but, you know, I just, I just want to follow the, the process of like constant creation and then trying to sharing ideas and then tinkering with different formats. And um, yeah, I, I truly believe that immersing yourself into into certain projects that, that, that are meaningful to you, that you care about, that is much more important than, you know, setting your one year, three year, five year goal and then just working relentlessly towards it and then ticking it off. Yeah. Um, I know it sounds good on motivational meme, right? You have to set your goal and then work relentlessly towards it, right? Let, don't let anyone stop you. Yeah. And for some, it might work, but if it means at the end of the day that, you know, you're grinding it out and working hard for five years and your life is shit and you take something off the box and it's like, yeah, congratulations, man. But, yeah, when the five years ago. Yeah, I, I, I mean, we're we're both we're both in his thirties, right? So we we we've, yeah. we've both probably felt that because I felt that too. I used to be, you know, eighteen years old, wanting to run my own design agency, mm-hmm. full of piss and vinegar, want you know, wanting to take on the world, all these big goals, these lofty lofty things, and you kind of get there, and you realize, well, is is this it? Is <laughs> you, what, what what's next what's next mm. and yeah. I, i've um I, you do those things and you th- when you think in that goal mindset I, I i agree exactly the same thing i've written about this so many times i used to be very goal oriented and then when you get to the goal everything derails doesn't it you you, you get the goal uh, and then all of a sudden you you're like well what do i do next you make another goal uh, and and then you achieve the goal. You make another goal, and you you are endlessly pursuing a goal and never happy with what you've already got. Mm-hmm. And I I was like that for a long time, and and it, it wasn't until probably maybe these last three three years ish that that I started more following my curiosities, not not no no goal in mind, just following a curiosity podcasting was one of the first things that I did that was following a curiosity. Mm-hmm. I never knew where it was going to lead to this day. I still don't know where it's going to lead, but I, I think you, you, you're so right that it's, it's really important to have for, for me as well, those multiple threads running through my life. So I, I have the, the agency stuff that I tend to do nine to five ish, but then when I come home on a night, I, I can, you know, sit down and have an amazing conversation with an amazing person or doodle some stuff and put it on Instagram and Twitter. They're all kind of like weird, weird mind shifts that target some other part of my brain somewhere that don't make 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 sense when you take them individually. But they do all help help me as a as a as a whole. Do, do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. No. Absolutely. I do. I do. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, um, if you, and, and I don't want to oversimplify this, but really, at least in my mind, it is that simple. If you look at a certain goal, right, almost like a, like a bullet point on the list that you can take off and that you're working towards, that is the moment of, of ticking it off. And I like how you said, like you reach it and then what is the moment of ticking or attaining your goal, right? Or even failing it. That, that's one moment, right? It's literally a moment in your life and everything that leads up to it and everything that comes after is 99.999% of your life. And that like that little goal, it's just, it's just a tiny dot. It's just a tiny pixel in the image of your life. And if you overly focus on that pixel, but if you forget everything around it, right, then you can very easily get sucked into, uh, you know, a lifestyle that just doesn't make you happy because at the end of the day, it's not you know, the achievement or um, the achievement of a goal or, or the failing of a goal that really matters. It is how does the, how do the experiences until you come to that goal, how do they line up in your life and how do the experiences that come after line up, right? And if those experiences, your subjective life experiences, those are good. 
then it doesn't matter what you, you know, achieve or, or don't, right? And I would even go as far as to say that many of the people that we regard as very successful, right, by our typical, you know, Western uh, materially uh, based uh, and focused standards, many of the people that we see, um, I mean, we can, we can see this in, in, in media and with celebrities, aren't really happy, right? And then the question is why? It, well, it's because their subjective life experience just isn't that good. They're ticking off certain, you know, financial goals and fame goals and achievement and awards and everything. But, you know, their subjective life experience just isn't that great, right? And then who cares about the goal, right, and reaching any goal? So, yeah, I really, I really think that you have to intentionally and proactively um, design your life, basically, in a certain way, right, where um, you can design it in a way that, you know, just makes it more likely that your life unfolds in a way that you really want to live it that way, really. And I think if you just rely on chance for that to happen, then the odds are against you. Uh, and you have to intentionally decide what you want to invest your time in and what you don't, right? And just having your goal to, uh, to tie back to, to the original point if you just have a goal and say, okay, I want to reach it and I'll do everything to reach that goal, then you might take right decisions, right? In light of achieving a certain goal, but those might not be the decisions that you would have taken if you had focused on designing your life such that you actually want to live your life and not just reach a goal, because those are different things. And I think those get really quickly get mixed up in our minds, right? I think that achieving goals that we set equal living the life we want to live, but that's not true. Mm. I think it was for for me, it it was probably kind of late twenties that I started to realize that the in my early twenties and probably late teens, I was trying to achieve the end thing and hated everything that led up to it. But mm -hmm. then towards the, my end of my twenties, I started to realize that I hated achieving the thing, and it was the the joy of everything else that came before it that I started to you, you know re, you know really appreciate. I used to hate going for walks, hate going for hikes, that kind of thing. I found them boring. And and, and then when you get a little tiny little bit older, you're like, well, you know, th th this is this is the life. That you can be yeah. truly truly in the moment right now and nothing else matters when you're up a mountain somewhere and there's no phone signal and you you're just having a chat to a friend or whatever. They're truly the life experiences that 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 really matter and yeah, I it, it, it's nice when when you realize that one of the things i always come back to is for me that's always a stark reminder to it is something like weightlifting although that they, 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 there's many other forms but weightlifting for me is just something so simple that i've done for so long for like seven years or something that every time you do it you, you kind of go in there and resetting it to zero every, every time you, you go back it's it's brand new you you know you may have a little bit of a goal to reach a certain number by a certain date or something like that but but really every time you turn up it's repeating the same process over over and over and over and the 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 learning to enjoy that and the joy in in the tedium to some extent the joy in in the repetitive process over and over i think you you really start to get more out of life when you you realize those simple pleasures a little bit yeah. more yeah, no, I fully agree. Um, you know, some people, some people, um, you know, have a, have a deep connection to mindfulness. Some people are rather turned off by the topic. Um, but, you know, what I think, or what at least for me was really uh, important to understand first conceptually, but then also experientially, um, was the idea that we, by default almost, we use the present moments that we experience always as a bridge from the past to the future right and thereby we're kind of missing what's going on around us basically right we're always in this mindset where what we are having right now what we're experiencing right now is just a means to an end the end being the next moment the future moment right the the, the goal basically right what what do we get out of it um and you know 
I think there was a there's a tension between going all in on okay, be fully present, right? All like Eastern Buddhism and, and, and Zen philosophy going like, okay, all in, it's all about the moment, it's the the eternal now, the eternal present. Um and then there's the other side where it's like, yeah, but hey, you have to do things in order to create your future, right? Your your future is being created by what you do today, which is equally true. And I think navigating this tension, that is, I think it's it's a I think it's one of the the meta superpowers, life skills that we need to constantly, you know, cultivate and and improve on um, is to find the right balance between, you know, doing things that, you know, will make your future better, right? Improve your future, or at least allow yourself to live a good life in the future, but also, you know, just enjoy while you're doing it, right? And uh, you know, weightlifting is a good example because I've been, I've been, uh, you know, I've been weightlifting for, uh, I don't know, 12, 13 years, 14 years also. And I've never gotten super good at it. I mean, I'm, I'm fairly strong. Um, you know, um, my, my numbers are okay-ish. <laughs> they used to be better. But when I was in my early 20s, um, I would have the the very clear, like, one rep, three rep, five rep maxes for, like, the big fives that and everything else and i would just work towards them and i would you know dive into the training science and everything just to get the you know the exercise right and the cadence right and everything um which was effective right my numbers got up but i kind of lost the the you know i, I lost enjoyment I, I lost the connection to the actual thing that i'm doing in the moment because i only saw it as a bridge towards getting stronger towards hitting that number towards like getting that physique, getting to like a super low body fat percentage with nutrition, for example, right? Yeah. Where it was all just a bridge, right? Like all experiences around health and fitness were just a bridge. And um, at the end of the day, now I, I still lift, I, I still work out. I'm still fairly in, in fairly good shape, but you know, it's I'm probably training at a seventy percent level, but that's good enough. Like it feels good, right? It's good enough. Good enough is good enough. So yeah, yeah. I, I've I've never heard it put like that before. The the bridge the bridge to the past and the future but it's it's, to, it's totally right it's that's you know that's exactly how a lot of people live i i um i try to spend the majority of my time i, I i'm not a big I, you know i'm i'm not big into kind of mysticism or, or or any spiritualism or anything like that but i've read so many self development books at this point that they all of the books are just seeped with those eastern philosophies essentially and th- sometimes they're dressed up scientifically but ultimately they come down to the same mental model or the, the core principle they're always the same kind of idea that the idea of the present or something like that and i i, I it's, it's partly the reason why when i do the these chats that we're having right now i don't sit down and research them to death and write a huge plan or have any kind of goal of the conversation that I'm going to have with somebody because I want to sit here and be truly in the present moment with, with you. I, I, I think conversations, that's why I love them so much. I think they, they are one of the things, and they, there isn't many of them left, I don't think. They're one of the things that really do transport you to a totally present moment right now. If if you are if you're listening to what I'm saying and I'm listening to what you're saying, there isn't many other things that are more magical than that. And then the other the other thing that I, th- I think lets you stay in the present, and it, why I surprised I was surprised when you said about the creativity thing, is being creative. I when I'm making something, when I'm doodling something, or you know I'm designing something or things like that, or writing something, you cannot by necessity think of anything else you are totally in the creative moment and you could be making anything it doesn't matter a pair of boots or a hat or writing an article or a blog post or a youtube video or whatever it is but creativity when you're in that moment there is nothing else around you and it is it isn't an escapism but it's just a beautiful moment you know yeah i'm glad you found the creativity though yeah 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 me too me too i mean um, I've always been more of the 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 intellectual thinking kind of uh, person, right? Whereas a lot of 
you know, thinking and, and conceptualizing with words and, and trying to build understanding with, you know, uh, words and um, expressing myself uh, sometimes clunky um, in my early 20s. So I, I actually have found through writing and also through designing, frankly, I found a lot of my inner creativity that obviously uh, was there from the beginning, I guess, but um, you know, I had to like pull it out and then like cultivate it. And still, I mean, still to the same, I'm, I'm not a designer, like very far from it. Right. I'm, I just use Figma <laughs> and I just watched a few YouTube videos, right. Like how to, how to play around with Figma. And I yeah. just started to visualizing my ideas also, you know, being inspired like so many of us by, by Jack's work, right. With yeah. visualized value was inspired like a whole generation of, of idea, um, uh, idea creators. And, um, so yeah, I, I was, um, I'm, I'm, I'm very glad that I basically allowed myself to venture into, you know, areas that I initially thought I'm not really good at, and I still don't think I'm really good at, but I enjoy them. And, you know, tying it back to the initial, like original point is, I enjoy designing my ideas in Figma, although I know I'm not super good at it, but I still do it. Like it's still good. And I, I also like writing, um, uh, you know, articles and, and, and books or small eBooks and yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I'm an okay writer. Um, but I'm not the best writer the world has ever seen, but I enjoy it. Right. It, it helps me trust myself. Well, so I, yeah, I, I fully agree. I, th- I think the beauty with, with any creative act is that you you can turn up and be not very good at it, enjoy it, and then you automatically improve. If you keep turning up day after day or week after week or or whatever, I, I, I will say that the designs that you that you do for the mind vault thing are excellent. And I was yeah, thank you. I was surprised to find out that you 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 was doing them. Um, obviously, all oh, that. Thank you that kind of thing that you've been around for so long, that startup world, that being around designers, no doubt, it's, it's kind of seeped, seeped in somewhere. But I, I think one of the things that, that's never really talked about with, with the whole Jack Butcher aesthetic and the whole very, very simplified design thing is that it's, it's democratised design to some extent. It's democratised and, and given people a template who may not really know where to start with, with design. And it is a very simple template for people to use to get, get creative straight away, to feel like they're making something. And I, I, I'd love, I'd love to see people trying out design, messing around in Figma because I, I know I have obviously I've not used Figma for 15 years cause it wasn't around, but you know, I've been designing for 15 years. I know that kind of feeling you're going through now because I was going through that at 17 where you're learning this this new, well, it's a new language. You are learning a new language and you, you're playing with a new way of communicating things and it's just, it's like learning the guitar or, or, or learning anything. It's it's just really nice, really magical to, to find this new way of communicating it, and, yeah. and, and having like a head start by having a, you know, a framework almost to do it with. Yeah. Um, no, I fully agree. I mean, um, what I found really interesting about uh, Jack's approach uh, with visualized value and the minimalistic um, aesthetic, and I'm not sure, I'm not sure if I heard him say this, uh, probably not, but, um, you know, restriction is liberation, basically. And it frees you from you know, being paralyzed by analysis and being paralyzed by so many choices. And if you restrict yourself to a few things and you shut off everything else, all of a sudden um, you become a little more courageous even, right? You become a little more courageous to take a step because there aren't that many wrong ways anymore, right? Because you're deliberately restricting yourself to a small set of options. And within that, it doesn't look as scary anymore because if you have a thousand different ways of how you could approach, in this case, you know, uh, you know, designing an idea, um, but in, in all aspects of life, right? If you have the choice between moving to a thousand cities, like how would you how would you pick, right? Yeah. It's 
you, you always think ah, I'm not going to pick the best city, right? And the chances are you won't. Side note, I don't even think that matters, right? You never have to pick the best of anything, but uh, you know, in, in our heads, we're, you know, we are mentally, we're so focused on what can go wrong. We're so wired to focus on, you know, the things that we're missing out on, what can go wrong, what, what are the downsides of things that if we have a lot of options in front of us and many potential decisions um, that we could make, well, chances are that we are getting paralyzed. Chances are that we're not that courageous to actually make a decision, right? That we will rather opt for unhappiness than opt for uncertainty. That is also something where um, I think we um, can apply this principle to uh, to more general um, area in life is that we're, we, we so often find ourselves in in situations where we know that we're not happy, whether it's with, you know, you're stuck in a relationship um, that's not good for you, or you're stuck at a job that just sucks and it basically sucks life out of you where you know you don't belong there. Or, you know, you're stuck with, I don't know, you know, with a social circle, even family members who are just unhappy with the way, um, you know, your, your, your health is or stuff like that. So we're stuck in this unhappiness. But we are opting to stay stuck in the unhappiness because we're trying to avoid uncertainty so badly. And if we have so many other like decisions that we could take, right? Get out of the job, do your own thing, find a new job, do part here, part there. You know, all of this creates a lot of uncertainty. And we'd much rather have the certainty of being miserable where we are right now than having to face the uncertainty of not knowing what comes next. And the more choices we have, the more options are in front of us, while in theory, that's good. You know, practically, um, we very quickly find ourselves in situations where that, that just paralyzes us and, you know, we get stuck, basically. Mm. Well, it's, it's, decision, it's decision fatigue, isn't it? And it's, mm. it's even worse. And this, this is why so many experts in pretty much anything, but particularly designers, this is why a professional designer like me with over a decade of experience struggles really hard to promote himself or used to because I see the huge potential of options. When when I sit down and, and go, right, we might be looking at the same concept, for example, and we're going to make a little doodle and put them on Instagram. I see a thousand potential concepts and they're all within reach because I've been doing it for so long. So technically they could all be achieved, but that is a huge decision fatigue for me. Uh, but whereas you come into it, which is, is why the kind of beginner mindset's useful sometimes, I think, you're coming to it and you're going, well, I only know one way. I only know this way that I've, I've only just learned. So that forces you into action. And then over, over a longer period of time, because you are more action focused than, than me, with the experience, you end up surpassing me even because mm. you're taking the regular action. It's it's, it's why I've, for so long I, I've I've done daily projects in in some way that's always been my forcing function or my constraint basically because that means that I can only spend fifteen twenty an hour maybe on 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 something that I'm working on every single day it becomes a forcing function of, of a thing that you need to do. And then when I saw Jack's work, I was like, I need to do this. I need to do mm -hmm. this kind of thing because I knew that I started calling them design meditations because I've, I've always been, as I mentioned about self-development, I've always read, read widely in kind of the self-development world. I've always been mega into stoicism and things like this. I, I had like a bank of quotations and all these things that, I looked at regularly, so I knew I had these things to meditate on, but to be able to sit with the quotation for kind of 20 minutes and design something around it and really think about it, it became my design meditation every day. That started mm -hmm. as started as a 365-day challenge, like all these things usually start. And I'm, st I'm still going, and I've got no intention of stopping because it, it just became became one of those things that I just love doing every single day. I that's think that's what's really cool about creativity. You, you, yeah. if you stick with a project for a while, you, you never really get bored of it because people think you're going to run out of ideas, but 
you don't. The, you make new sign-up connections every single day. There's always a different way of looking at an idea. It's, it's really fun. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree, especially the last thing uh, that you said. That there's always a different way of looking at an idea. Um, I think that is that is 100% true. And it's not just that there are different ways of looking at an idea. There are also different ways of communicating an idea. And these two are obviously interlinked. But um, what I find really fascinating and, and frankly, very, very important for, you know, each of us individually, but also for us, you know, as a society at scale is that we find better ways of effectively communicating good ideas and filtering the signal from the noise. Right. And, um, I think that designing ideas in a way that resonates with people without them having to construct a whole verbal understanding of what this means and this whole like scaffolding around it to kind of like contextualize with, with everything, right? It kind of like what you implicitly do when you look at a quote and you try to understand what it means, try to get to the essence of it, and then you design it. But when you present it and I consume that design that may or may not speak to myself, but if it does, then it hits me somewhere where I can very quickly understand or at least grasp what the real intent of it is. And, you know, that is, I think it's, it's one way of making good ideas more accessible at scale to people in a world where, you know, um, entertainment basically, uh, um, crowds out education, right? Where entertainment content crowds out educational content. And um, I mean, not always, but, uh, you know, at least in the, the hyper velocity platforms that, that we're used to. And mm. um, this is, you know, one of the main threads that holds everything together that, you know, that I do is just trying to figure out how to be a better communicator of ideas and, and help others filter signal from noise and, you know, to tie it back to design, I think giving giving life to ideas and designing them in whatever way, right? As you said, you know, there's only one way I know how, right? <laughs> um, and it, it happens to be very very similar to to what you're now focused on with your uh, work on on Instagram, for example. That also, by the way, has been an inspiration for me to find that path. So it was Jack Butcher, and and also seeing what you do. So. Um, that that inspired me to kind of like pick up uh, a similar style, um, but yeah, I think I think it's it's super important to for us collectively to focus on how can we turn ideas into something that is more accessible and, and more easily consumable, because we need good ideas to be competitive versus and short-lived entertainment content. Mm. Because if we don't do that, then by default, what will happen very naturally is that all of the good ideas will get crowded out basically more and more. Um, and yeah, and I think we, we need all the, the part that, that we can get on board for that. <laughs> I, I, I completely agree with you. That's, that's why I often look at quite serious or life-changing, life potentially life-changing quotations, but sometimes in a funny way because because I know there's that intersection of entertainment content but but with a, a serious message a lot of the stuff when i started i was pretty much copying the the vv template the visualized value template and then as i went on and on my other design influences started seeping in which is i you know I, i'm not a very serious guy um i a lot of the a lot of the designers that influence me weren't serious either they took their job very seriously but they always put their humorous personality on their job mm. so a lot of that seeped into some things that i do which is kind of quite witty witty visuals or, or kind of looking at things from a different angle that you don't expect and then you look at it and go oh that you know that you get that kind of reaction oh that's quite nice uh that's kind of the magic moment that i really like in visuals but that point you mentioned about uh you know when you you put i think the wider point is that when you you put, kind of put an idea into words that's the first stage isn't it when you put the idea into words people can begin to understand it there's that famous quotation i forgot what it is but then when you take 
the words, maybe a couple of paragraphs, turn it into a couple of sentences. That makes it much easier to understand on another level. And that's why we remember all these aphorisms and the, the stoic quotations and things like that. But then when you layer on top of that a visual, that makes just a like a, a permanent brand in somebody's brain. You just can't forget it. That's in that point there, when visualized value first came around, there wasn't anything really like that. And that's what made it so so special like that, because you could see the stoic quotation or the philosophical or whatever it was. And for the first time ever, you could literally see a visual of the thing that you always understood. And it just gives you that other layer of meaning. You you literally see something that you could potentially get tattooed on your arm. And mm-hmm. that creates, uh, that I talk about in my book, that, that creates the magic moment. That is the, the thing in your brain that just flips. You go, oh my God, I finally understand it. And then you get that amazing, like really nice feeling in your head, like, oh, th- this is the meaning of the entire world. And it's been mm-hmm. there in front of me all this time. And I, you see you see the image and, and that's it. And yeah, you, you're completely right. It's, we are competing against way, way more addictive content for the, for the wrong reasons. Um, I, I guess that's what you're really trying to do with MindVault, right? To actually make some of these may, maybe more complex ideas a little bit easier to understand. Yeah, yes. And... Uh, yeah, absolutely. And it's what I think is really important when it comes to ideas and making under, uh, ideas understandable and accessible is to find the right balance between explaining an idea or showcasing an idea, presenting it and making it accessible, but also, you know, just inspiring the consumer enough so that, um, you know, she can basically explore further, just inspire them to explore for themselves what's behind that. And um, I think when it comes to, you know, sharing ideas, and especially when uh, we're talking about anything related to self-development and personal growth, um, I mean, that's a buzzword, buzz term in and of itself, and it can mean different things to different people. Um, for me, it, it just really means, you know, becoming better at creating your own life such that you really want to live it, yeah. right? becoming better at that, whatever that is, right? There's an outside component, a navigation, a creation component. There is an, an inside component, a consumption, a filtering, right? And an internal component to it. And um, especially when it comes to anything related to that, to, to self-development, then there, I think there's no shortage of, good idea. There's no shortage of, you know, information. There is no shortage of, um, be it historic, ancient ideas, right? Whether it's Eastern or Western philosophy, um, whether it's, it's, it's science, uh, psychology, um, you know, uh, signs of relationships, like everything that can make our lives better, right? There's no shortage of ideas, but I think we're lacking, uh, individually and collectively, and it's getting harder and harder to overcome this, is we have a certain inertia when it comes to exploring ideas for us that are hard to understand for ourselves, to, to, to put the responsibility on ourselves to be the explorer of the idea landscape. And what we do is we default to gurus and the top experts in, in, in certain fields and we default to okay this is the book that will teach me everything and you know this is the person i'll listen to and i'll buy this course from from that person right and sometimes that that's super valuable right um but very often what happens is that um i feel that we have these central points of of communication that you know try to also present themselves as you know, they, you know, I'm, I'm the light that speaks to you, right? You know, what I give to you is something that you can learn and apply for your own life. And um, what I really want to achieve, and I'm, I'm not there yet by any means, but you know, what I want to work towards rather um, to be in the spirit of process of outcome. But um, what I want to work towards is to really inspire people to build this mindset of cultivating their own curiosity and make for them to make exploring ideas an important and central part of their own life, right? At least a part of a daily routine or something like that. 
because I think this is really what matters is developing the skill of exploring ideas, whether it's, you know, scientific ideas, philosophical ideas, ideas that are directly applicable to your own life or, the, or ideas that just help you formulate a better understanding of the world around you and yourself and yourself in the world around you. Um, and I think it's so powerful and there's so much out there and there are so many great tools available, right. And resources. And, but we, we need to cultivate the curiosity. We need to cultivate the skill of exploring ideas and knowing how to do it. And that is, I think something where, um, you know, witty and, and, and interesting and even emotional designs can come in because they punctuate basically they punctuate the stream of, you know, the stream of consumption that, that, that people have mm. with these points where, you know, it might just catapult them into a different area where they might start exploring something and they might see that it can be extremely valuable and it might lead to another thing and it might start, you know, the start a network for them, right? It might be the start of, you know, a network of ideas that they explore by themselves and, um, yeah, uh, I think I think that's that's really important. It's it's hard. It, it's hard and getting harder to to find those threads of things that you want to explore, because so much stuff and and we live in these worlds. So much of this stuff is becoming contentified. Basically, if if I you know you may mention Seneca on this you know on this podcast and. Uh, I'll I'll go over. I say I've never heard of Seneca. I'll go over to Google and and just Google Seneca, and the first things that'll come up, I guarantee it, it'll be things like the seven best things that Seneca said to live your life, how to apply Seneca to your content marketing philosophy, how to apply Seneca when you're buying a new car. It'll be all of the 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 bullshit basically. And it's hard to dig under that to actually go, right, well, what did Seneca actually say? Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. you can go to the book. That's where you should go. <laughs> but a, a lot of people don't read either. Uh, are, are they Because they sit and consume so much content, because everything has been contentified, they cannot sit down and read a book and decipher the things. And, and like you, you said, re- really... Uh, internalize these ideas and understand how to explore these ideas because they don't have the 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 framework and it's becoming harder and harder to find that framework and i i, I think to some extent we, we, we're trying to do the same things from two opposite angles with with your mind vault thing with with, with the email with the substack and and the way that you lay it out it is very using the content methodologies uh, you know it's very short very succinct and it gets to the point. It speaks to somebody on the level of of what they're probably experiencing right now. We we all prefer short content versus long content, so it works exactly like that. But you're using the the kind of idea of content in a very purposeful manner, which makes sense to do good in the world. And and I, and I often try to do the same with with the visuals, where I'll use some of the tactics and make either a visual shocking or funny or something like that. To try and yeah, like you said, punctuate or punch through their content brain to get them to actually think about something a little bit deeper. But, but there is very few people left around trying to do that. Uh, mm. a, a lot of people they're just trying to build an Instagram following, or they they're trying to build a newsletter, or they're trying to build a blog. They they're not looking at it from the same way that we potentially looking it at. And that's becoming hard to decipher who who's in it for real and who's in it for, for you know for for the engagement. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I fully I fully agree. I mean, um, it's it's sort of the symptom of the sort of a symptom of the whole opportunity that the internet uh, presents is that you will inevitably have um, huge incentives, <clears throat> huge incentives for people to trying to build, you know, a following, uh, you know, a quote unquote community, um, trying to 
monetize not some deep understanding or idea or value creation, but just monetize the mechanisms that the internet provides, right? And the internet is really good at allowing people to monetize its mechanisms. And it becomes increasingly bad at incentivizing people to trying to monetize true value creation because the mechanisms become so strong. And I think, you know, it's, I'm, I'm personally, I'm, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure what, what exactly this means and, and like how to navigate this, but I mean, basically becoming a social media star or, you know, building your news, but that, that is now a main career, right? It's, yeah. The career is no longer, you know, uh, creating value in a format that looks like or is a newsletter or that is, you know, a social media page where you just continuously ponder, you know, certain uh, things for yourself and share it with people. But, you know, the main goal is now to create that outer layer by certain mechanisms and then you just fill it with whatever will allow you to build the, the, the outer layer, right? Whereas you start with the inner thing, which is the value that you want to put into the world. And then you just try to build the, the outer layer around it so that it becomes consumable and accessible and interesting. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's strange. Yeah, it's 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 strange. At the same time, it's a very it's a very natural it's a very natural process, um, I think. And you know, I I have this even at my at my day job, right? I'm working for a fintech startup in in Germany where I live, and um, you know, we obviously we have to think about okay, how can we create value for our users, but also we have to think about how can we make it very consumable. How can we make it interesting? How can we make it addictive to a certain point that we have certain retention and, and all of that, right? Which is an important part of the business. And it's really important. And, you know, if we don't do that, then we'll go out of business. Yeah. But there is a fine line where it's really about, okay, are we trying to create something that has value and we know what the value is we want to deliver? And now let's try to find the right packaging for it, which is a very legit way. Or are we saying like, what is the best packaging that people will like and what can we fill it with so that it looks like something that's interesting, right? Yeah. And those are completely opposite angles of looking at this and both are being used in like startup and especially in the tech startup world. And there's always a fine line between those. And I think it's it's the same with, you know, content creation or with, you know, building a following or, or something like that. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I think starting from the inside out is, it's it's harder because it doesn't focus on fully leveraging all the mechanisms to the the, the maximum extent, right? Uh, to give you maybe to give you an example with my Instagram because you said in the beginning that um, you saw that I have quite a big following in Instagram, which you know compared to today's standards is is not that big, um, and it grew when I was still showing my six pack. Right. So I started off as sort of this like fitness influencer. I would just post a lot of pics because I started in the, in the fit tech industry in my early twenties was basically my first, first job. And I was just posting a lot of pictures of me training and, and being at like 7% body fat yeah. looking shredded as hell, um, <laughs> six pack here and there everywhere. And just gained followers like bing, 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 bing. And, um, at a certain point, I started shifting towards more serious content that is also a lot more meaningful for myself. And I rarely post any like training content. Sometimes I you know, post a story uh, here and there. And may maybe you might even see me shirtless like every 50th post or so. But really, if you scroll through my Instagram, you know, just look like a regular dude who likes hiking and just posts, <laughs> tries, tries to post good ideas. Um, but with that, it's a lot harder. It's a lot harder to, yeah. to gain new following, to uh, create engagement, and but yeah, you're it feels a lot you're more re true. You're rewarded for creating the easy content. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. You 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 reward. I mean, taking your shirt off and taking a picture—that's easy. Uh, yeah. I, I I know the other stuff, particularly some of the recent stuff you're posting, particularly if you're new to Figma. I know how long some of those things are going to take. 
not to mention the writing of the ideas, not just the designing, but actually the writing of the idea and then designing it and then uploading it to Instagram. That all takes way more effort and because of kind of the, the weird world we live in, gets way less engagement, even though it's got way more value than seeing you with your shirt off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, yeah, that's that's what I mean. There's this tension, isn't there? There's this tension between the two extremes. There's there's the over here, right on this end, we've got you posting a photo of you topless with the six pack at 7% body fat. And then of somewhere over here on the other side, you've got really useful, but slightly longer and difficult to decipher content. And then somewhere in the middle, you've got to make the balance, haven't you? You've got to uh, show a little bit of the six pack with with a, a little bit less of the a little bit less of the stoicism. It's somewhere in the middle to actually get people to engage in the initial instance. the The problem, and I think it's the thing that we've been really discussing, that the problem is that a lot of people lean too far towards the six pack content because it gains the regular dopamine hits. You get the follower after follower after follower. And then only when suddenly you're at 200,000 followers on Instagram or something, you look back and go, what, what am I doing with all these followers? And, and, and what's the point of them? And as soon as you say something meaningful, they don't listen because that's not what they're there for. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And it also creates a, it creates a certain expectation towards yourself that can be very crippling, right? There was just recently, there was uh, a story about a German fitness influencer. Uh, you probably haven't heard it, but here in Germany was pretty big. Um, who, um, you know, she used to be pretty big in, in the fitness influencer scene on Instagram until like one or one and a half years ago. And then she basically disappeared, right? And, and no one heard of her and her fans. She had, I don't know, a million followers or even more. And she was like shredded to the bones, right? This bikini athlete figure and um, obviously had a huge following, made a lot of money and she disappeared. And then she reappeared uh, a couple of months ago after a year break and she gained, I don't know, like 30, 40 uh, kilograms. And um, she's now almost overweight or actually is overweight. And, um, and she said that, you know, it, it was completely crippling her. She was, you know, trying to to hold up that ideal and trying to basically be perfect because that's what she knows others or at least believes others expect from her. And she had this huge following in business. She made a lot of money, right? And, and through the eyes of her followers, she was perfect. It looked perfect, beautiful, amazing, you know, physique. But for her, it, it was just, it was completely crippling, right? And this ties back to the whole, you know, you have a certain goal or, you know, you design the process and try to, to create good experiences topic that we had in the beginning where her, she might've hit the goal of, Hey, I build an Instagram business, right? Social media business, but um, obviously didn't have the experiences between certain, you know, achievements or uh, milestones, maybe didn't have the experiences that would make for a good life, quite the opposite actually. And, um, so now, thankfully, I mean, I don't follow her, but uh, my my uh, my girlfriend <laughs> told me told me about her, and and, and showed it to me. I think I think now she she's a lot happier and not not being a fitness influencer anymore, and um, so yeah, I think and I experienced this to a very small degree myself, right? Where you say to yourself like, hey, you know, the next picture you have to be in good shape, right? Because that will gain you so and so many followers. So you better not eat the pizza out with friends, right? Um, and you better not eat the bread and you better not, you know, have a beer, um, yeah. because that will show. And, you know, it's a, it's a, it, it creates this, this image of you, um, that we, that we all have on social media, right? Don't get me wrong. I still have a, a social media, uh, image that is not completely authentic. It, it can't be because it's still curated. It's still edited, right? It's, it's hand selected. I don't post myself like when I'm just laying on the couch, just staring at the, at the wall, what something's happened, right? I don't post that. People yeah. don't know that that's a part of my life, right? Um, but I think the more, the more you, um, the more distance you put between what you present on social media or, or any kind of, um, any kind of platform and 
who you actually are and, and what you stand for, what you truly value and, and, you know, what your life really is and who you really is. The more distance there is between these things, I think the more difficult it becomes to actually stay authentic to yourself and congruent with yourself. And, and that I think is very dangerous. And, um, it's something I, I luckily, gladly, um, noticed, you know, throughout my twenties, a couple of years ago, um, and just stopped being the six pack guy on Instagram. Um, well, I, think, I, I think, yeah, I think you, you had the framework though, didn't you? You had the mind vault, you had the, the philosophy, you would no doubt at this point have already read things like Aurelius, Max yes. Aurelius, and yes. Yes. you you would have understood what was going on. And I, I dare to say that a lot of that past reading that you'd done probably made you realize it. Um, but it, particularly, I'm thinking of Aurelius, you, you know, being a Roman emperor and things like that and being adored by millions and things and the kind of things that he wrote. But the, the truth is, because it's difficult to find this stuff, most people don't read it. Or because it's quite difficult to read, because until recently there wasn't a thing like Mind Vault, um, because it's difficult for people to read, because it's difficult for people to pass, um, they, they just don't read it. They, And it, maybe it's not even the fact that, that they just don't read it, it's the fact that they don't even know it exists, which yes. comes comes back another two or three points like how do you even how do you even find this stuff how do you even start with this stuff when you don't even know it exists where, where do you go from there yeah yeah i agree i mean it has to basically has to happen by chance right and yeah. um i think i think you know the the best the best you can do is to use Basically, if you look at if you look at Twitter in particular, but also Instagram to some extent and, and YouTube to a less extent, but those are huge streams of opportunity and streams of serendipity. And and you need to be intentional how you want to use those because those can also be streams of bullshit and streams of cheap entertainment that will just waste your life and make you bitter and angry in the process. Yeah. And um you know, even if you don't know that, you know, this or that is out there and that these, you know, ideas over there are, are super useful, right? And even if you're not into philosophy and you don't even know that like certain philosophies have nothing to do with what you associate with philosophy and is actually quite worldly and this is quite applicable, even if you don't know that these exist, and even if you don't know that there are certain concepts from you know, science and neuroscience that are not super geeky, but are actually really interesting and quite applicable to your life. And if you only understood them, you know, you could actually make tiny little changes and, and that would improve your life. Like, even if you don't know that these, these particular things exist, you can still be intentional about trying to, uh, trying to create basically or, or craft the stream that is Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube that you have in front of you or Facebook that you have in front of you and craft it so that the likelihood that you encounter good content, good ideas and things that inspire you and things that are interesting are just higher, right? So whenever you encounter something that where you say, hey, you know, this doesn't really help me, you know, um, learn something new or improve somewhere or be inspired by or this is not something that really adds value to my life, even though I might consume it, right? Because it speaks to my, to a certain parts of my brain and my emotions, then, you know, unfollow that thing or block that thing, right? And just filter it out. And whenever you encounter something that seems interesting, where it's like, oh, no, I didn't know. I was interesting, right? Might learn something here. Just try to get more of that. And these are sort of the dials that you have in your hand, right? Mm. I think that's a great place to end because we just hit an hour uh All right. I, I, man there's there's so much more i want to talk about i could literally sit any, here any? literally sit here and <laughs> talk to, yeah literally sit here and talk to her an hour we could do an, an hour on social media two hours on social media yeah, yeah two, absolutely. An, an hour on stoicism and you know <laughs> hour on philosophy but yeah that that ties it up all nicely is there anything you want to push or promote in the last 10 or 20 seconds uh folks uh follow me on uh twitter uh 
with my new project. It's called MindVault Co. Just MindVault Co. And um, that's the most important thing I'm working on right now. Awesome. I'll speak to you again soon. Cheers, man. All right. Thank you, Craig.